Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live, and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license. It's your career. It's your job. It's your reality. And it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done, and this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on. Thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. I'm Natalie Dietrich, your host. And today I have a nurse here who has an amazing story to tell about her introduction to nursing practice. Colleen Anyabalu is with us, and I'm so happy that she can share with you her experience. She's a nurse working in Oklahoma, and she graduated last year from her nursing program, started work in January as a nursing tech or in a role where they were going to have her work as a new grad nurse once she got her license, which happened in April. So she actually got into the role as an RN and decided to leave the role recently because of what wasn't there to support her in the new grad experience. She gets my praise for making the decision to move to another role early in her nursing career and get the support that she realized was lacking. And she was much wiser and much more discerning in her search, having moved on from her first job where she didn't feel supported for reasons that are not specific to one person, but really in our talking, she said, it's it's from the system point of view that she wasn't getting the support. And that made her wiser to go find a job that was going to deliver what she needed as a new grad transitioning from school to practice. Colleen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I would love for you to introduce yourself uh, with a little bit of your background, and it can be really uh, what led you to nursing and then what happened once you graduated. Yeah. So for me, What led me to nursing was actually my mom. She's also a nurse. And from a very young age, she kind of pushed it onto me as, you know, a possibility, something that could be sustainable, something that could be like a door to opening 
to the rest of my life as far as the lifestyle that I want. And for a while, I was really resistant and I didn't understand it. But now that I'm am a nurse, it kind of, I it does make me realize that, you know, she was right in a sense that nursing can be used as like a tool to create the lifestyle that you want. And I know you didn't have, you had limited cl- clinical experience before you graduated in the end of 2021. But some of what you, some of what you did, did give you insight into what goes on in a hospital. Tell us about your role, your non-clinical role in the ER that you had when you were uh, early in your nursing school, your nursing program. Yeah, so I was a patient access specialist, and what I did in that role was I would um, verify patient identity, uh, verify insurance, collect copays release medical records. Um, It was a lot of just administrative work. And you went to nursing school and you were there during COVID, the pandemic, right? Yes. Yes, I was. And that gave a big shift to how you were learning. And clearly you made it through that and graduated. And here you are in RN in 2021. Tell us about your going to work in your first job in January and how that led to where you are now. Yeah. So my first job, my first nursing job was in surgery and it was specifically in pre-op post-op, post-op phase two. And this was at a kind of smaller community hospital. Um, We did a lot of orthopedic cases. We even did some plastic surgery cases, urology it was a it was a pretty interesting mix of cases. We just didn't do anything related to the brain or any anything related to heart or lungs, but we definitely had a variety of surgeries that w- would come through. And you had a lot of volume, quick turnover, right? Yes. So you had to learn the prioritization and how to manage many things going on at once correct? Yes. And we also had a lot of new doctors coming on. I think, I I think of at least three doctors, new doctors came on with their specific specialties um, during the time that I was there. And they were also like making room for more. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a lot, um, a lot to, to learn and pick up on. And this was as a new grad. Now they hired you before you had your license, you got hired in January as a nurse tech. Did you say? Yeah, it um, it was kind of like a nurse tech position in surgery. They they never had um, any type of techs, so um, it was new for them too. When I was first there, we weren't sure if you know I should be if they should be teaching me kind of under the um, role of a nurse or if I should just do nurse tech work um, until I got my license. So we were both just trying to figure things out during those first three months. How did that feel as a new grad to, to go through a shift in January when there wasn't clarity of your role? Honestly, at the time, I was still just so happy that I passed nursing school and I was excited to start. I was excited to 
be in that environment that I was essentially just even just happy to be there. At the time, once I did get my license, I did realize that a lot of time that I had spent there could have been used to kind of start teaching me as, um, you know, nurse roles, what's expected of me as a surgical nurse. And part of that did kind of um, cause me to kind of start resenting my my managers and my directors because it did make me feel like uh, my time wasn't being used wisely, um, especially from people that had power in that situation and kind of knew more about what the role entailed. Did you have a dedicated preceptor once you became an RN? We'll talk about from when you had your license. Did you have a dedicated preceptor? I did. I think the the second day um, on the job as a nurse was whenever I was assigned to my preceptor. So the first day with my RN title, I was still doing um, nurse tech work. And then once they were able to get my license number, the very next day I was assigned a preceptor. And were there any other new grads or nurses in the same role as you in this setting? No, I was the first um, new grad in the in the surgery department. So they'd never had a new grad in that pre-op, post-op role at all in that hospital. Did you meet an educator or a clinical mentor or anyone that was there to help you make sure you were meeting the orientation objectives that were set out for you? So I did meet the uh, clinical educator. Um, she actually came and uh, found me <laughs> at work and kind of took me aside just to talk to me. Um, but this was about, I want to say, I guess, four four months into having my license. Uh, so essentially seven months actually working for the facility. So I did appreciate her doing that. But by the time that she had came and talked to me, I had already made up my decision that I was going to be leaving that, um, that role soon. And you never met any other new grads in th- that were at the hospital or did you meet those from other departments at any classes or orientation sessions? Yeah, we had classes, um, online classes uh, with other new grads from our other facilities. So I I was the only new grad in surgery. There may have been one or two new grads within that hospital, but I never got to meet them. The majority of the people in the new grad residency program had worked at our main uh, our main uh, campus and that was about 30 minutes from the campus that I had, that I was working at. So you're working in a smaller hospital. About how many beds was your hospital? Do you know? I really don't. And I know that, um, I think two of our floors weren't being used at the time. So it, the hospital was downsized even more from what it could actually hold. And I'm just thinking about all the camaraderie that comes from being with other new grads as you go through orientation. 
you meet at classes, even if you're on different shifts or you work on different sections of the hospital, different service lines, you were really on your own. Yeah. And I didn't realize how important that was until, you know, I didn't have that. And I didn't, I genuinely thought, you know, I could get that kind of support from my coworkers or management or, um, you know, uh, other support staff within the hospital, but it's, it's really not the same. And it really is something like specific and unique to like a new grad residency program. And how did you learn about a residency program or, or how did you come to realize that that's what you needed? So in nursing school, I, um, I feel like it was just kind of expected. It was kind of taught to us that once you graduate nursing school, you go into a residency program. And I, I don't know if it was my thinking or just how it was explained to us, but I assumed that every major hospital had a residency program um, like a, a structured and formatted residency program with goals and objectives, classes, things like that. And once I got into this role, I realized that it can be called a residency program, but it, your the expectations are like can be different. And how about your preceptor? You said you did have a dedicated preceptor, and I realize you you were in an outpatient surgery setting. You said you did have some procedures done on inpatients that came down to your setting, but you weren't on different shifts, weekends, nights, days. You were there every day with your colleagues. So that made it easier to have a consistent pairing with your preceptor. But were they able to support you to learn the skills of the job? You know, I'm going to be honest and say no, just for the simple fact that um, you know, my preceptor, she'd never been a preceptor before, so she didn't really know, I guess, what to do or what was expected of her. I think she just assumed that this new grad is going to be working under me. So now I have to be able to put my license and co-sign my license with what this new grad is doing which is true in a sense, but I, I feel like there's so much more to the preceptor preceptee relationship than that. And I kind of felt like it was one-sided, um, whenever, whenever I did have a, a preceptor. And what I've heard consistently from new nurses is often the preceptor doesn't have any experience being a preceptor. They may still be very early in their nursing career. And they haven't, they haven't necessarily been trained in the preceptorship skills or how to use the orientation objectives with you to make sure you're making progress so that when you get done with orientation, you can carry safely that load of patients that you're expected to carry. Exactly. I think there's really a lot of patience that goes into being a preceptor. um, And you do actually have to enjoy being a preceptor. Or I feel like it's just, it, it builds for a very just closed relationship. If, if you as a preceptor aren't, aren't excited to have a preceptee, you, you aren't excited when they learn new things, you feel more of like a burden than a chance to, you also gain a new skill set 
skill set while teaching them. It's something, it really isn't something that should just be assigned one random day, you know? You've recently been on the side of being the assigned and the assignment, and you know how (laughs) it feels when they say they're not going to hold your hand and help you walk through gaining competency in this skill, right? We talked about that. Yes. And that's so, and it's, it's such a crazy thing to even be told because essentially that is what a preceptor is. It is someone to kind of be there to hold your hand. It is kind of someone to be there to explain things in depth to where you're able to learn. It's, it is someone that is focused on you growing your skills, you becoming confident it shouldn't be someone that has authority over you. It shouldn't necessarily be, you know, um, something that you feel a burden to someone about. It's, it's, it's definitely a give and take situation. When you started to feel like this role might not be working for you to transition to practices in RN from being a student, did you go to the manager? Uh, Yes, I actually had a conversation with my manager and then the director of surgery. And we had a pretty lengthy conversation. I kind of explained how I felt in that position. I asked for support. I asked if there was any type of resources available, whether it was at our campus or our main campus. Um, For me, I asked, are there things that I need to be doing outside of work that could help me, whether it's reading articles, books, just something that can kind of give me more insight on what's expected of me as a surgical nurse. And my director essentially told me that they don't have anything like that in place, that they're working on it for future nurses. But for me, they don't have anything, you know, and also at that same time, my manager told me, you know, um, she doesn't even really have anyone that's willing to train me. The preceptor that I that I had, she she wasn't even necessarily willing to train me. That was just something, you know, she was doing out of the kindness of her heart. And it really, um, it was really difficult for me to deal with that. But that kind of was what uh, solidified for me that this just was not, it was not working for me and it was not going to work for me. Talk to me just for a moment about safety, safe practice. How did you, what went through your mind regarding safety on any given shift? Okay. So when it came to safety, it was definitely um, a very interesting situation because there were definitely moments where I, just from what I learned in nursing school, um, that didn't feel safe, um, whether it's for me or the patient. And I actually had a coworker who she would talk to our manager just very openly saying, this isn't safe. Um, you know, we need more time to go over whether it's consents, whether it's orders. And she was a great example of how to do it because she would start from, from, from bottom to top or top to bottom. She, she didn't, whoever it was, she would say the same thing, our manager, our director, our um, other director, anyone that would listen, coworkers, she would say and continuously advocate, this isn't safe. You know, what can we do? Here's a suggestion. 
So that was something that showed me, okay, if something's not safe, you should at least, you know, talk to someone that will listen. And if they don't listen, talk to the next person and just show that you are taking initiative to try and correct the issue. In order to give the best patient care is ultimately yes. what the goal is. Yes. Um, oh. Because as a, oh, I was just going to say, as a new nurse in that position, there were times where things didn't feel safe. And even just how my training um, was handled, it didn't feel safe. And so that's when I also took it upon myself to document the conversation that I had with my manager and our director. And I submitted it to HR. I didn't know the formal way to do that, but that is just what I knew I could something that I could do in that situation to at least show that like I do, did have a say in this, that I didn't just kind of take it. And I understand that when you're new to practice, going to do something or managing a patient, it doesn't necessarily feel safe. But as you gain confidence and competency in your practice and you go through from a novice to other phases of nursing practice, you will feel safe. And your preceptor is there and the other coworkers, supervisor, director, manager, anyone, your peers and more are there to support you so that you feel safe doing what you need to do for that patient. Doesn't imply that we're not implying that that place is not safe. It's just that when you're new and how you do it, you need that support that comes with being precepted, mentored having that residency program to go through these situations, these scenarios and role play and learn even through simulation, how to handle the situations that come up. Am I right? Yeah. Um, I just feel like it really, education really is a key towards safety. And I didn't necessarily realize that until I was on the job but being more and more having as much resources on one topic or having as much practices in place on one topic, I think that can allow you to, you know, be able to make the best and safest decision. And also having other people that you can go to if you do question a situation. Um, I think that really does allow for safer outcomes. Clinical decision-making and the process that you go through to do that, you're, you're not showing up on the unit on day one or day two as an RN and expected to do that on your own. So the supportive environment of a residency program or the environment where you have other new grads and a team of preceptors that are supporting new grads, they've done this before as preceptors or the resources are there on the unit or in the system. You have people that can show you where to find what you need to find to take care of the patient and learn, teach you how to fish for what you need. You know, that all goes into helping, helping you have a positive experience as a new grad in orientation, because when you get done with orientation, they're going to want you to take care of the full load of patients that you're assigned to have. How long was your orientation and did you finish at your hospital in orientation and or an orientation? So my orientation was about four months long. 
Um, whenever I decided to leave, I was at the very just tail end of my orientation. If I had decided to stay, I like uh, I would have been uh, taking a full load. So I was at the very end of it. Um, there, I think the expectation was three months, but if you needed more time, they were okay with going um, additional additional weeks. Something for me that I had experienced during my orientation was the first month of having my license. I did, I did not have access to Epic and our um, charting system. And I, I still don't even know necessarily what was the issue, um, but I did not have that. And so I just had to kind of be trained everything aside of that, um, which was really difficult. Uh, but my orientation, it really was just kind of, here's the packet of competencies that we need you to do. As soon as you're done with it, then you can take a, take a patient load. Um, the packet of competencies, it, they were outdated. They didn't have like um, the most recent um, like software and just kind of information that we, we were using. And it also didn't include like um, important things like knowing how to contact a doctor or just certain very like um, specific things that would be important for that role it didn't, that packet of competencies didn't necessarily have that. I know that there are a lot of reasons why an orientation might not get started full speed when a nurse comes to work. It can be because there's problems getting them into Epic or there's problems getting them access to other things that they really need to do their job from the very beginning of orientation. And in my experience, that meant that we sometimes did have to extend orientation because they didn't have full capacity to practice, to learn to practice in the very beginning. And they just needed more time as a result of that towards the end. That's not the only reason why people have an orientation extension, but how quickly you get in there and you start to build your patient workflow and build what you do in a shift or for a patient, it does in the end matter how quickly you you get access to everything to in order to be able to be sure you're ready to come off orientation. Yeah, that's, and that's and that was really part of the whole even something as simple as that, as that but not being supported, not having the resources. I just definitely felt really slighted because I felt like if I was an experienced nurse, I don't think, you know, I don't think they would have waited a month to get me, you know, epic access. You know, if I was an experienced nurse, I don't think they would have just given me a um, a packet of competencies and expected to that to just be done. And I don't know, it but just they would walk you through that or have classes and have we you know harms prevention where you go through all the harm prevention. Yeah, some type of class, something okay, um, something more than just you know a. a an outdated checklist or an outdated uh, packet, you know. So that would affect your experience and how you go into this and how you feel comfortable with everything that drives healthcare. Because even though you were an outpatient, you were part of a hospital where harm prevention is a big deal, even in the outpatient setting. Yeah. And it also affects your confidence. I mean, you know, if, 
if you don't feel invested in, you don't feel like your voice is being heard, it it almost makes you that much harder for you to advocate um, for yourself and for your patients. Um, it just really kind of shuts you down. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences because I don't have any doubt now that you you are a good advocate for yourself. And when you went to this job, you didn't realize, you didn't know what it was going to be like when you started working as an RN. You did have the advantage of being hired before you were licensed. So you had a paycheck from January on until you left. But then you realize at some point, this wasn't working. This wasn't what you needed. This wasn't quite meeting your expectations. You, you advocated to get help. So tell us what you did when you made a change. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, so I, whenever I decided to leave, I took two months off to really decide what I wanted to do because even though I knew that that position wasn't working for me, it was still a really like challenging thing to deal with because at the same time, that position was something I really wanted. It, it was, it was, um, you know, I did like the work that I did. Um, so it was really hard for me because I felt like I knew what I wanted. And when that didn't work out, I felt like I almost didn't know myself or know what to do next for my career or know what, what was best for my career. But it did teach me that, you know, training, residency, having dedicated clinical educators, even specific to surgery, is very, very important. It taught me, like, for myself, that that's something I need, that I really need something hands-on. I really need guidance uh, when it comes to a new role. I really need support. I really need a community and that's what I started to look for once um, once I'd taken time off and kind of rested and um, kind of just got refreshed from, from all of that. I do really commend you for making the change because I've said when people go to a job, there is that probationary period for you and for the employer. And you can't know what is going to be a good fit or if you're going to get the support you need to launch your role, launch your career until you're there. And employers are not saying, oh, just give it a try. We'll see how it works out. They want to keep you because they invest time and money in you. And you're a scarce resource as a nurse. It's obvious out there that there's many, many jobs open to nurses, experienced nurses and new nurses. Also, there are jobs where they're not applicants. So they suddenly have to create more of those positions for new nurses, which means more training, more education. Yet you realize the fit wasn't there. You need to make a change to learn and get the orientation experience and the the development early in your career that you need, that you want. Yeah. I mean, that first year of your nursing career really is the foundation of, you know, who you, who you want to be as a nurse. And, um, just from our conversation beforehand, once you, whatever you do have that full year of just 
hands-on education, you, you may not necessarily get that when you do become an experienced nurse, or that's something that you have to take on on your own um, to find when you are an experienced nurse. Whereas as a new grad, that's kind of just what's available for you. And you said now you've accepted a new position and this includes a residency? Yes. Yes. It's at a different hospital. Um, Their residency program is actually accredited and they do have a clinical educator. Um, They have a clinical educator just for surgery. So that clinical educator is dedicated to any questions that I might have. Um, The way that it was described to me was, uh, let's say that you're um, off orientation and you no longer have your preceptor and, you know, your coworkers are busy and uh, you may have a question on something or you may need um, help with something. You can call that clinical educator and they'll actually come to you and either walk you through it or just kind of explain anything that you might need help with. That sounds really great. And I do know that the educators dedicate time with that role. It's a clinical role. So you're dedicating time to the patient care areas that you support, the nursing areas that you support. And the educator has a lot of other jobs besides just being there on the unit. But everything they do is about supporting the nurses and helping to meet the best practices of the hospital, you know, the harm prevention, um, new equipment new practice, new policies. It's all about nurses and supporting you and being collaborative with other disciplines in the hospital because we don't just work in silos as nurses, but it is the, the, the role, the educator role. And if you have a clinical mentor also, they're dedicated to helping you be successful. Yeah, I mean, there really is nothing more empowering than having someone there that is dedicated to helping you be better that doesn't care how many times you have to go over a skill together or how many times they how many different ways they have to answer the same question to you um that they'll do that and you don't really there's not you don't really get that with jobs or school or anything that's a very special um resource to have with you and that you can keep with you um during during that residency program, during your new grad period. So the new grad time is a really unique time and you've just attested to that. And that learning opportunity then is, is unique because there are programs dedicated to helping you be successful. Do you have any recommendations for nurses out there as we go forward and wish you all the best in your new role? (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, I think my biggest thing is for new grads to just definitely seek out a community um, during your new grad period, whether it's your preceptor. I know that can be kind of an up and down relationship sometimes, but if you can build a genuine relationship with your preceptor, that's something I would aim for, you know, but like you said, a mentor, um, it can be a coworker. I definitely, at my previous job, I had a coworker who I never asked her to be my mentor, but in my head, she was my mentor. And um, just someone that kind of embodies how you want to 
use your nursing career, how you see your nursing career um, going towards. And then also using those resources like a clinical educator, um, going to any additional classes that your hospital may offer, joining committee committees, leaning into your friends from nursing school, just really building a community because even, even if your unit may not be the best or be the su- most supportive, if you have a community, I think that is something that could really help you grow and also empower you if you do need to leave, um, you know, a position. Um, That's something that's really important. And I'd also say just being able to trust yourself as a nurse and also being able to practice a lot of self-compassion during this time as a new nurse. Thank you so much, Colleen, for sharing your experience and for the recommendations for other nurses out there that are starting their career or a new practice area, because we talked about even in a new practice area, you may have to go through a residency program or at least a fellowship. I realize residencies are often dedicated to new grads, but intensive training in a new practice area to be able to get through orientation or as part of your orientation to safely care for those patients. And I really admire that you made the switch. You're going back into surgery. You're going to give that a go. Stay with that. Yes. (laughs) And you made a decision that was right for you to to move on from that first job. Yes. Like I was saying, I, um, I still look back and I feel like I made the best decision. I don't regret, you know, making that decision. It was difficult, but I still stand on how I feel and, it was time for me to just leave that position. Well, I I hope that others will reach out to you if they have questions about your experience or your bravery to make the switch. I will include your Instagram contact yes, in the um, show notes. Tell us yes, how they can reach you, listeners. Yeah, they can, um, they can DM me on Instagram at Colleen.Anya. You can share your experience. You can ask for advice, ask for suggestions, ask how I got into surgery, um, anything like that. I'm more than happy to share, share my experience and share, um, anything that I have for you guys. I really believe that even a few months into nursing, Colleen, just like you, there are so many stories to tell and the stories that you have as a new nurse are really powerful for people that are not far behind you or in the same place as you in their nursing career. Yeah. Like I was um, telling you earlier, I really do genuinely um, appreciate you having this platform that allows new nurses to share their experience to um, that allows new nurses to feel like their voice is like valuable that, you know, even, even as a new grad nurse, you still have a perspective and something to share. Thank you. I really created this podcast, CareerWise Nurse, because I wanted to help nurses. And I saw that the beginning of the career or any point in the career can be really challenging, but nursing is an amazing journey. It it allows you to have the life you want to live, but it doesn't come without hard work. And you talked about that in the very beginning too. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the CareerWise Nurse Podcast community.
Do this by emailing belong at careerwisenurse.com. That's B-E-L-O-N-G at careerwisenurse.com. Join the CareerWise Nurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.